Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA podcast number 137. Hope you guys had a great week. I had a great week. Uh, we're getting closer to Christmas. I'm uh, going to make sure that my screens are muted. Uh, the uh, In the new system, you can't mute your screen until you start, but I always mute it on the computer as well. Just want to make sure nothing is bleeding through. Um, and we're a little late today, but that's okay. I just want to announce to everybody that's new to these, uh, live shows, uh, whatever we talk about will be indexed down below. So if you watch the rebroadcast, you can click any of the questions or topics we talk to go right to them. They're numbered and, uh, and, uh, listed. The other thing is if you want to listen to it as a podcast, it's on iTunes and your other platforms. I'll put a link for that down below as well. If you just want to listen to this, it's the preferred method of watching these is the listening to them. It seems like they outnumber the live views on YouTube. And uh, other than that, the other thing is, if you want to ask a question, you start with the question mark. That's something we do here because that way it allows people to communicate back and forth and talk to each other, but not necessarily. Uh, that way I can just see it quick when I'm looking for a reference of a question or a topic. So even if you have a topic you want to talk about, something else we, we do a lot. Um, so everybody getting ready for the holidays. I want to start the show this time with a, 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 a comment from me. Um, I would love it if you guys, not so much now in the live show, but you can do it in the live show as well. Maybe we'll talk about that, but definitely in the comments down below, I would love to know what things that you uh, purchased or you were excited and got during Black Friday weekend, uh, Cyber Monday, the Black Friday. Um, if you got a toaster oven, I guess I, it's okay if you want to put that, but I mean, I think it's more like guitar stuff. Just curious to see what people bought. Um, it'd be a nice way to see, to gauge what people were looking at and doing. I noticed this Black Friday, um, I felt like me and my friends when talking all week, we all seemed like we, we all bought something, but we all felt the less engaged and less excited about the weekend than we normally do. And I didn't notice a whole, I wouldn't feel a whole lot of excitement for it, but I felt like I was advertised it more than I've ever been advertised it before. So many, uh, 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 especially on YouTube and maybe that's because of YouTube, but just, I'm just curious to see what you guys thought. Um, it was really cool. So, uh, well, like I said, so any of you guys, something to talk about anything you guys got cool and definitely put anything that you bought because of black Friday, if you were going to buy it anyways, and it's great, but anything like, Oh man, I got this cause it was a great deal. Uh, that was another thing we talked about too. Personally. Uh, I felt like when I went on a lot of the websites, so much, so much, uh, advertising for Black Friday. But what I noticed was a lot of stuff that was like, that wasn't really an extra super crazy deal. It was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's it's a discount. but And sometimes it wasn't even that. It was just like, hey, we selected. In fact, that was a real common thing. A lot of them were like, we selected these things for discount so you can buy them. And a lot of them were sold out. We talked about that last week. But a lot of them were like, yeah, well, it's because no one wanted it all year. I guess if I want to buy it now, I get a deal on it. But it'd be really cool if it was like, you know, some extra special sale or something. So I'm just curious. On that note, we have a super chat. Let me go ahead. Oops. You know what? Let me go over here and grab it over here. And that way you guys can see it. Here you go. It's David Hunter. He says, hey, Phil, would you happen to know what glue they used in guitar cases uh, or know who would know all my cases smell like Carmex? <laughs> um so uh, to answer your question, I'm not sure what glue they use in a guitar case. I would imagine it's the same glue they use in luggage. And the only reason I say that is because over the years, you know, uh, you repair guitars and stuff. People would say, hey, I have a broken case. Can you fix that? And I've sent them successfully to some luggage repair centers where I live. 
And, um, you know, sometimes it was either too expensive to do it, but a lot of times that's where you go get it done because they can fix a piece of luggage. They'll fix uh, a guitar case. Um, I don't know what Carmex, Carmex, isn't that like Carmex, like the chapstick, right? So you're saying it smells like kind of sweet. I noticed the cases smell sweet. I, I don't think it's from the glue though. I think the cases smell sweet from the material they use inside the case, but I could be wrong. It could be the glue, but, uh, Carmex to me has a very faint smell, but it's sweet. I hope that's what you're getting at. Cause that's what I notice when I smell cases. Uh, a lot of times you open up and they smell, you know, sweet. <laughs> like Carmex. Uh, so uh, I don't know if it's the glue or not uh, that does that. But uh, yes, I noticed it too with cases. And it's, what's great is, is I, I say it's the interior of the case because I've noticed it in plastic cases and wood cases. So uh, David, I think you might have picked the weirdest <laughs> conversation ever to talk about. We have officially, we've officially hit the gear nerd meter 10 with now we're talking about the glue that's in a guitar case. Uh, that, that's awesome. Thank you uh, for, for bringing that up because <laughs> if I was going to ever tell anyone, hey, what's your live show about? Well, we talk about geary, gear stuff and nerdy stuff. We even talk about case glue uh, <laughs> and how it smells. Doby Doss is here. Hey, Doby Doss, how's it going? If you guys don't know Doby Doss' channel, check out his uh, channel. Um, and, uh, especially the, the, my, you know, he got he, his viral video that got him launched, I think. And I, I hope I'm not misspeaking, uh, was the, the one where he was playing like a wedding and a lady asked him to play a Steve I tune. And I have to admit, that's how I became a fan of his channel. A couple years ago when I bumped into him at the NAM show, I, I already knew him because of that, that video. I, I'll put a link to that video. Cause that's the video, even though he's done great videos. In fact, if you're a musician, so if you're, if you want to get into a channel, check that video out. But if you're a musician, there's a video, I'll put a link underneath that one. When I do the index, that's also great where the bar owner keeps telling the band to turn down is a great, great video. Um, I've not only watched it twice, I shared it with my wife and friends, but I mean, I made, I made, I made them watch it. Cause I was like, if there was ever a video that explains what a musician, what it's like to be a musician when you're dealing with certain owners of restaurants and stuff. That was the best video, man, by far. So check that video out. It's not only funny, it's educational. Cause if you don't, if you've never gigged, uh, in the real world of gigging where you're, you know, cause not, I'm not a rock star. We're not rock stars. You, you literally, you, you, you know, you go to these places, no one knows who you are and you work and, uh, man, it was great. I want to take that back. Dobie Doss might be a little bit of a rock star, but I definitely hold true with the, I'm not a rock star. <laughs> So, so there you go. Uh, what else do we got? Um, I'm, and I remember I grabbed these kind of randomly. So we'll see what we, we step in when we pull them up. Tom Nelson says, Hey, Phil, what distortion pedal would you recommend as an eighties metal Metallica type high gain sound running through a hot rod deluxe? Thanks. Good news, Tom. If I was going to say hot rod deluxe is the, one of the best pedal platform amps, I think out there. Um, most of the pedal creators definitely uh, use the Hot Rod Deluxe uh, for that sound. Now, I want to tell you, uh, I'm going to give you two answers to this question. And, uh, and of course, you know, anybody in the community wants to give their answers too. It's just nice to hear, you know, other thoughts. Um, to me, Metallica, and I'm just going to generalize here, is two sounds, right? There's Metallica, which is great. I like, I'm a Metallica fan. So if you're not a Metallica fan, you're not going to agree with anything I'm going to say next. <laughs> Metallica's great songs, but horrible tone for me for the first couple albums. It's just not the sound I like. I always think, I, so you know, I thought back when I was a kid listening to Metallica, I thought they were playing through crate amps. 
I had no idea later to find out they were playing through something else. I thought they were playing through solid state. Like my friend had like a crate G G sixteen hundred or something, and I was like, oh, that's what Metallica uses because it's what it sounded like to me. Um, so to me, the early Metallica years are uh, the inexpensive metal boss pedals um and and, and i don't want to pick boss uh, but you know not the metal zone the metal zone's more like pantera to me if i you know that's a tighter thing although i think you could get some metallica sounds on it but and then there's course there's the black album very controversial right because you hate or love that album i love the album so again if you're not a fan of metallica or that album you're gonna hate everything i'm gonna say next to me that's a different tone so i like both tones so when i say it's not a great tone the first albums i mean I, I like them because I love the albums, but it's a tone that you could get. I would get to get that sound. I would get yourself some used nineties, eighties era metal pedal. And that to me sums up Metallica's tone at the, at, at, for fun, just do that. But, um, for the, the black album, the thicker, bigger sound, I would definitely go with like the Lawrence Petros 87, which is behind me. I know Lawrence is my friend. I just had lunch with him today. I'm not saying that because of that, but I do like it. Um, the BE uh, OD is good, but I like the 87 better for that sound, even though I love both pedals and have them both on my boards. Um, what else is a good one? You know, uh, another great pedal, um, that I like is the, uh, the metal core by boss, uh, for the, I'm looking on the wall to look for it the metal core uh yep is right there is a great pedal for the metallica sound as well um those are just some of the ones i mean there's so many pedals that do that sound well but that's what i think of i'm looking i mean i mean i could give you 10 more pedals to be honest with you i'm just looking to see if anything pops at me um that i love so um those ones pretty much i know i shouldn't be looking away from the mic i'm sorry um yeah those those for sure for sure for sure for the Metallica sound. So for me. Okay. So let's go to another one. Hold on. We got a couple super chats. Let me grab them. Like I said, I try to toggle back and forth on those. Uh, here's Michael. Michael Graves says best battery powered amp for truck driver box mini five. I, okay. I know you mean Vox box mini five micro or micro cube. I have a Vox VTX 20. That is like, I, I can't take, okay. So best microamp for, uh, in a truck driver. So I'm going to give you a four. Okay. And then I'm going to tell and then I'll rate them in my opinion, favorite to least favorite, not good, not best to worst. That's different opinion, but mine favorite to least favorite. Um, the rolling cube micro definitely is amazing. The, uh, black star fly. Okay. Uh, is amazing. That's like $60, $60 amp versus the micro cube at like 130 bucks. Then you have, uh, the, um, the uh, uh yamaha uh the what's it called the something five it's the five they make a 10 as well why am i can't think of the name of it but it's the yamaha amp it's battery powered as well that thing is freaking sick and then i want to do one more i want to name one more for fun that's battery powered that i like and there's a couple out there but uh you know the the boss uh fly is pretty good that little fly thing there's now a boss headphone amp but it's like 400 bucks and i haven't tried it so i can't really speak to that um of those amps without a doubt the black star if you're looking for the smallest thing to play it's got delay on it it sounds great it it, it takes and, and so here's what's great batteries last a really good amount of time on that you can get you know you'll get hours 10 20 hours out of that thing playing so really cool sounds great it's tiny it's i mean literally about this this big it's about this you know you hold it in your two hands so if i was in a truck and i wanted to save a lot of room and i wanted to have something that's not necessarily that loud it sounded great and then 60 bucks 
boss uh, or the uh, the uh, Black Star Fly. Sorry. Then after that, I would pick uh, the Roland Cube. And here's why. And a lot of people right now are probably like, no, the Yamaha. The Yamaha sounds the best. I think the Yamaha sounds the best of the bunch. But I don't I don't know how long the batteries on the Yamaha last. I do can tell you the Roland Cube batteries last forever as well. So uh, and it sounds fantastic. So those are some ones I suggest as well. Um, the uh, Blacks, uh, the so D Donald says the Black Star fly distortion isn't good. Here's what's funny, Donald. I have literally recorded. I've literally put a mic in front of the Black Star fly and put Instagram videos out. And the literally the comments are how amazing it sounds. I have played that. In fact, there's an Instagram video of me. Is the the it got it went got shared the most, and it was everybody was like, "What amp is that?" Because they couldn't see in frame that it was the Black Star fly. So I've actually I found the opposite. I think it sounds fantastic considering it's coming out of small speaker. So, I mean, it's not going to sound big. It's coming out of a plastic box the size of, you know, like this big. But it does. It sounds really good. And again, it might not be your tone. But so you know, I don't use it for metal, even though that's what it's kind of intended. It's got more of a higher gain structure. I use it for a rock blues setting. And I just back the gain off. And I I, I, I dig it. It's a great little amp. It's fun. So, um, but like I said, all of those are really good. But uh, obviously the Boss uh, Fly, not Fly, the Boss, whatever, the one that you plug the wireless unit and that's the only one i've never really tried so but everybody likes it so i wanted to mention it okay uh what else do we got we need another question um ben combs in the house say hey hey ah ben coombs you know what ben for you i will get your name right ben coombs uh you know what it is it's because he, i know when i talk to him I, so you know if i talk to him he's ben coombs but when i see his name i see combs I'm sorry. That's why I say Combs. It's not because I don't know his name is not Coombs. It's because uh, for some reason, phonetically, I see Combs because I don't really see two O's. I see C-O-M-B-S. Comb. <laughs> so, but it's Coombs with two O's like boo, B-O-O, -O, boo, Co but it's Coombs. So I don't know if ooh and boo or yeah, ooh and boo. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, hooked on phonics work for me. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, that, that means I'm 600 years old that I remember Hooked on Phonics. Does anyone remember Hooked on Phonics? Came on cassettes. That's that's how I learned stuff with the Hooked on Phonics. It literally ruined my life and made it better in the same same time. <laughs> Got me through school, but literally makes me see things now in the world. Now the world is so much more vast and we see so many more phonetic spellings. Phonetics is not always the best way to look at words. For me, it's not anymore. Here we got Sean Brown. He says, thoughts on the new Baza Waz Air headphones. That's what we were just talking about, Sean. Um, I saw the announcement. I I haven't, uh, you know, it's funny. It's it's actually a bummer. It's the end of the year. And they announced these new headphones. And Sweetwater, uh, believe it or not, reached out to and said, hey, uh, the headphones are coming out. You know, it, we're, we got them in stock. You know, if you want to mention them, that we have them to out to viewers, that'd be great. And I responded to him and saying what I'm going to tell you, which is I haven't seen them didn't even know they're coming out and for some reason stay heavily off the boss radar as a channel i i don't think i've well no i know for a fact i have done no boss reviews um in the last two years that wasn't used product um i buy boss consistently i bought three boss pedals this week i buy more boss than probably any product i own <laughs> um because i'm collecting them like crazy 
And uh, I don't know. I just don't have any uh, hookups there to try any stuff. And so, you know, the the guitar centers around me, they have a very scattered supply of Boss. So I literally don't come in contact with any Boss product whatsoever. So like on the headphones, uh, uh, I could tell you right now, unless I go to their booth at the NAMM show and try some on, there's, there's just no way I'll have a reference of them. Um, and $400 headphones are a little tough for me to purchase just to give somebody feedback on the internet about, hey, this is what I think of them. That's a lot of that's a lot of scratch to try some headphones out, but I don't know. That'd be cool. I know I talked about buying a Boss Katana fifty. That is still in the works, so that's what I'm going to buy next um, as an amp because we talked about having one for demonstration. Again, I'm going to be buying it just to demonstrate to you guys uh, pedals and stuff through that. We talked about having that as a reference whenever I do a pedal review from now on, or maybe a pickup review maybe run it through a boss katana along with whatever tube amp I choose. Um, and I, you guys, when I mentioned doing that, you guys really came back in, in droves with a really, really nice because a lot of you guys have boss katanas that if I had a boss katana for reference. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at boss katanas right now. Uh, fifties, maybe the fifties or the hundred. I don't know. You know what? Tell me if you think I should get the 50 or the hundred, you know, the sad thing is used. They're almost the same price used. So, all right. Uh, what else? Oh, there's another super chat. I want to make sure I grab it. It's Neil. And then I'll do a non super chat. Neil says, Hey, Phil, I have a 2013 Gibson N225 in maple, natural, natural gloss. It has P90s. The action is sweet, but the neck, but it is neck heavy. Any ideas on to keep it levelish? Um, yeah, Neil, this is the a question I have for you. What tuning keys are on it? So what I'm going to say is if it has the clues on style keys, it's going to get a little tricky. What I will tell you was, mm, excuse me. What I will tell you is that um, my Gibson SG is a little neck heavy and I do have a video that is coming out. When I say coming out, I mean, I've, I've done all the, the, the groundwork. I've done all the research. I've done all the stuff. I just have to film it now, but it's going to be how I, I'm a, uh, how I made my Gibson SG not neck heavy anymore. Um, but uh, so hopefully that video will help you. Uh, and what I did, but in your case, uh, what I would say is what I learned on my SG was it was the Grover tuning keys that made it neck heavy is what I learned. So, um, uh, so what I did is I took the Grover tuning keys off and weighed them and they were almost one ounce a piece or a little over one ounce a piece. So you're talking about six to seven ounces. Doesn't sound like a lot, uh, you know, especially, you know, right. So people overseas are like ounces, <laughs> seven ounces. Um, and, uh, but I mean, it's, it was a good amount of weight to put on your headstock. And so what I did is I put some ultra, I found different ultralight tuners from different companies, tried them all, found the ones that I thought worked the best. And that's what I'm, I got to work on. But uh, I found ultralight tuners is a great way to say, save you some headache with that. Um, but what I, what I haven't done yet, like I said, cause I have to film this stuff is I want to speak to the fact that I know if I do that video, once I launch it, a lot of you going to say what well, tonal differences did, did changing the, the weight of the tuning keys going to lighter ones did it change the tone. And, um, you know, so I want to be able to do an AB. So I got to AB the guitar before and after to see, and then give you insight. Did I notice anything? Did it, you know, resonate less or more? So that's coming, Neil. I hope that helps. But in your case, I would, uh, uh, it would be nice to know what tuning keys are on there because if you're the Grovers, you're going to be in the same boat as mine. If you're in the Clusons, then I don't know if there's, it, there's the, those tuners are pretty light. That's what I've been noticing. All these Gibsons that are top heavies seem to be, because Gibson uses Clusons on so many guitars, they're fine, but it's, it seems to be the, the those heavy cast, because they're die cast, 
Grovers, man, they're just really heavy. So there you go. All right. Um, got some more super chats, but I'm going to do a non-super chat. I'm going to grab this one because it's the first one I saw. It's Joe McKinney. He says, hey, Phil, what's going on with the two Friedman there? <laughs> more comparison coming. You know what it was is because I told you I had Lawrence, uh, Lawrence over. We had lunch today. We went to lunch together. And uh, when he came over, uh, he showed me his new Strandberg guitar. And I showed him uh, my new guitar that I can't show you guys. And, <laughs> and we were plugging in amps and I switched to the, I grabbed another amp. So we were using the JJ and I switched to the PT20. So that's all. We were just, that's what they were there for. Just because we were in the room checking out guitars and I wanted an amp to, to try them out. Um, still, still talking about getting the Dirty Shirley Mini and replacing the PT20. Not sure, you know, uh, when that will happen. So we'll see, but you know, okay. Um, sorry, I'm scanning guys, uh, scanning emails. I'm going to go to a, uh, I'm going to go to a super chat because I just did a non super chat. Hold on. Some of you guys, these are a little tricky to, I like the highlighting the question thing, but it's a little tricky to find them on the screen. Okay. Tony NG says pickups ring mount or direct screw to the body pros and cons of each. Okay. So direct body pickups, and excuse me if I drink something real quick. Okay. Do a lot of talking. You got to drink a lot of water. Okay. Um, direct to the body is supposed to have a tone. So, you know, I, I hear it all the time from manufacturers. I hear it from builders too. If you direct mount the pickups, it, it changes the way the pickups uh, resonate in the guitar. Now, remember, I'm not testifying to that. I'm just telling you what I was told. If the pickups are uh, directly mounted, but on springs versus directly mounted to the body, let's say like uh, the Petrucci guitars from Music Man are directly mounted to the body. The Eddie Van Halen guitars uh, are directly mounted to the body. There's nothing between the, the pickup mounted straight to the body. A friend of mine who uh, owns uh, Atomic Guitar Works, which is a great shop in Phoenix, Arizona, they do a lot of direct mount to the body. Uh, they also say it, it has a big tone difference. Um, the It's one of those things where... To be honest, you'd have to then what mount it to a pickup and a guitar, then demount it and mount to the body. I've never done that experiment. So anytime I've said I've heard a difference, I have, but I mean, how much of it was because it was directly mounted? How much was it because it was different woods, different weight, different guitar? So I just don't know. It's one of those things. And this is what I, I, I say, Tony, this is the way I like to look things, especially now having the reference now of being on the internet, seeing the internet and listening to the communities talk for a couple of years now. I've decided that my official stance on tone wood pickup rings, you know, direct mount versus, you know, uh, pickup ring mounted or pickguard mounted pickups, um, tuning keys, all that stuff is I've decided I believe it all. That's what I've decided. I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to believe everything affects tone. But what I've decided to do is assign in my head a percentage of how much. So what I mean by that is uh, if somebody said, does white paint sound different than black paint on a guitar? I have decided with my new philosophy, the answer, of course, is yes. Hold on before you guys go freaking out. And it's 0.000000001%, right? It's so uh, the human here couldn't hear it. A, a, a scope couldn't hear it. So it doesn't matter. Basically, by doing that, I don't have to worry about arguing. So in other words, if somebody says it matters and I say, yeah, it matters, but I mean, you can't hear it. So so it doesn't matter to me or it doesn't affect it enough. Right. So, so my point is, um, I think a lot of things matter cumulatively, right. Right. So in other words, um, you know, does a wood affect tone? Yes. But 
you know, you have to decide. Is it a big factor? Is it a little factor? I think pickups affect the sound of a guitar way more than anything else. I think a speaker affects the way a cabinet sounds or an amp sounds way more than a lot than the tubes do. That's just what I feel. Like if you want to change, let's say a hot rod deluxe and somebody says, what tubes would you put in it to make it sound different? I would say change the speaker first because it's going to make a massive dr dramatic difference way more percentage wise. Like you'll hear a massive 50% difference in tone versus the tubes, which is a different difference. So just a thought. So to answer your question, yeah, it probably makes a difference, but I'd have to do some serious comparisons. And what I, I expect, I don't know, what I would expect to learn from the comparisons is the difference, if it exists at all, is very minor. So I don't think I would put a whole lot of worry into it. Like not enough to where I would tell a manufacturer, do it or not do it. I will tell you this. I have a bunch of guitars that have direct mounted pickups and I have a bunch of guitars that I've had, I've ordered or had custom made with direct mounted pickups. And every time it's for aesthetics only, I just like the way it looks sometimes without the pickup frame. That's it. So there you go. I think that's true with most of this stuff. We just like the way stuff looks. <laughs> so there you go. Some of you guys are probably losing your minds right now. Sean Brown says, Oh, I already did Sean. I'm sorry, Sean. Let's do a non super chat anyways. Um, Okay, hold on a second. I'm looking for those question marks first. And okay, here's one. This is from Les. It says, hey, Phil, have you played the J Rocket Audio Designs Archer Icon Boost Overdrive pedal? Put one on my pedal board and love it. Highly recommended. Uh, J Rod, J Rad pedals. Uh, yeah, J Rocket Audio pedals. The Archer. Um, I've got to do off memory. There's two archers, right? There's a gold one and the and the silver one. Can I look real quick? That's what sucks. I can't copy and paste <laughs> with these new screen grabs. Um, here's what I can tell you. I, I can't do it off memory. I've played the J Archer uh, one, the gold one, and I really, really dug it. That's the clan one. They're both clans, but if there's a gold one. Please, you guys, they're more familiar with. It's been a while. It's probably uh, two years ago. When the pedal craze was at its biggest boom, I was trying so many pedals after a while you know, it starts all blending in my head. I just remember trying the J Archer uh, gold one because I tried that in the soul food. I was trying all the clans. Remember when we were all trying clan pedals like every week, like 90% of YouTube videos were about the clan pedal. <laughs> and what I learned from trying all those pedals was I was happy with almost, I love the Tumnus. I love the J Archer one, uh, uh, the J Rocket one, Archer. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I was really happy with it. So um what I ended up keeping is a Tumnus for no particular reason. Just that's, I think it was like, I liked the size. I, you know, it was cool. I dug it. And I thought the soul food was probably, I mean, for the money was the best purchase because it was so cheap and it sounded so good, but didn't keep in, didn't end up keeping mine. Okay. What else do we got? Uh, Okay, here's a question from S. Cox. He says, uh, or they say, because it could be anybody with the name S, says, uh, should we in the North be hydrating hollow body electric guitars for the winter? Yeah, the concern, not, yeah, you should do it, but yeah, I understand the concern. The concern is during the winter, you're going to run your heater or central air, and that is going to really dry out the air. And of course, in the winter, you have drier air normally um, for a ton of other reasons. I I don't know because i live in arizona where it's never been cold once <laughs> not where i live uh, so should you should you hydrate them um i don't think you should remember i'm not a big believer in hydration and i live in a place where there's no 
hydration. <laughs> um, because what I've learned is, is the guitar is job in my mind is to be properly dried in the first place and then continue to dry even more. And then that's why old guitars sound great because they're super, super dry. So um, I don't really hydrate guitars. Although, you know, the problem is we live in a world where not all guitars are probably dried before they're shipped from factories. So you have to keep hydrating them. So they slowly dry out over time. You have to continue the process that should have been done by the manufacturer. So you didn't say what kind of guitar. I don't know what the price point is. And because you're, ho you're hollow body, but I will tell you a hollow body for the most part, most hollow bodies. Again, I don't know what hollow body you're talking about, but I'm going to talk to you like I'm going to assume you have the majority wins kind of thing, rules. Most hollow bodies are laminate. In other words, they're ply boards, ply maple, uh, maple and they're bent uh, to, to shape. That being said, because it's ply, it shouldn't crack and dry out because again, you have multiple grains of, or multiple layers of wood with sheets of glue in between them. So most hollow body guitars that are ply are pretty dur durable right? Even with the, uh, even with the inside, not, uh, lacquered or are cl clear coated, you know, cause it's exposed, um, where you might have a difference is if you have a bent top where somewhere, you know, they did uh, not bent top where they did a carved top. But in any case, I'm telling you, I wouldn't worry about it so much. Um, but here's the, here's the real test. This is what I was going to tell you. I do have a, a piece of advice that, that I think really will kind of do you well. Um, I tell everybody the guitar is in the same environment you are. If you live in a house and your guitar is in your house, just be aware of you. If your hands all of a sudden are really dry and you're getting chapped lips and you're literally just drying out in your house, maybe pay attention to the guitars at that point. If you are doing fine, then your guitars are probably going to be doing fine as well. But um, that's that's what I kind of follow. Because every once in a while I notice like, man, I'm really dehydrated and dry in the house. You know, again, maybe, maybe some humidity is good, but. Um, and all of that to be said is humidity should not hurt the guitar. So if you want to humidify the guitar because you're just concerned, do that again, it won't hurt it. Um, and, uh, which is, you know, generally what most people, I believe most people, most, uh, stores, most uh, companies, manufacturers, most techs, most people are going to tell you hydrate guitars because liability issues. If I tell you to do something that won't hurt the guitar, like hydrate it, if you hydrate it, then you're fine. If, and if I tell you, don't worry about it and it, gets damaged well then you know hey i'm the one that told you the wrong information but i'm trying to tell you the information that i do uh in my environment and in the environments my friends that i know that i've seen experience for years you know and that's that's what i'm giving you is the information that i've experienced so that you can you know you can drive an answer from that okay this one is from chris garner says i know you are a guitar channel thank you <laughs> but are there keyboard effects pedals or synth uh or would guitar pedals work? Um, so I guess the question is, I know your guitar channel, but are the keyboard effects pedals for synth, um, do they work? Um, Boss has got a new synth pedal coming out. I haven't tried it, but I used to have the bass synth and it works pretty good. Um, in my experience, I don't know if a whole lot of synth pedals, you know, actually I take it back, man. No, Electro Harmonics uh, makes fantastic, fantastic effects pedals. Uh, they make uh, three or four now, right? They make one that sounds like it's got all the organ sounds. Go watch the videos. They are they are fantastic. And I've I've played so many of those pedals. That what's great about the videos is that's one of the videos. And I'm talking about the Electro Harmonics videos, the ones that they actually created themselves. Um, I, I can tell you all the things you hear in those videos. I have heard in person with the pedals, uh, and I agree with them. So they have one that does uh, 80s keyboards kind of sound pedal. They have an organ one. They have like a piano, another one, right? Somebody back me up on this. There's like three or four of them. 
fantastic pedals um and the price point 250 they crush everything out there for for the price point um very good stuff and you can pick them used for for good money um i used to have two of them and i love them and what happened was i did you know and you did what you do i just wasn't using them so they went on their way but now looking back maybe i should have kept one for fun but to be honest i wasn't using it but man, sounds great. Check those pedals out. Electro harmonics, uh, harmonics, like the key tizer, they have like weird names. So I'll put a link, uh, to them, you know, uh, in the, in the index for you. Okay, Chris. Okay. Uh, okay. This one's from Alan. Do you haggle down big box stores on display models? Absolutely. I haggle down anybody I talk to. <laughs> um, uh, I do it. I have a different method than other people. Uh, not everybody, everybody has different methods, but my method of haggle is always with, uh, is respect. I always start with respect. Look, I, I always look at it this way. Everybody wants the top dollar for their stuff. I don't, I don't, some people get weird with their haggling techniques. They're like, they get angry. How dare that guy ask $600 for this thing that I think is only worth five. I'm like what? <laughs> if you, you would want six too. I want, when I sell something, I think I've said this before. I want top dollar for it. And when I buy something, I want to buy it for the cheapest price possible. I think that's normal for most people, but I also want to, uh, I, I, here's, here's what it is. I want to create relationships, relationships with people as well. So in other words, um, I, I don't want to leave any scorched earth behind me. So I'm not going to sit there and just drive people crazy. What I always do, I did it this uh, Friday. I bought a guitar. Uh, I sent an email to a store who was not running a sale. They were not a big back store, but they were a big store. And, uh, you know, everybody's familiar with them, right? Uh, who was it? Was it Music Zoo? No. Music something. Music Farm. I'm pretty sure it was Music Farm. Sorry, Mike. Nose itching. So Music Farm, and they didn't, they weren't running any sales. So I just emailed them and said, Hey, I want to buy this guitar. It's Black Friday weekend. Any deals that you, you know, have going on would be appreciated. Um, I find that just telling them, look, I'm interested in the product. Is there any savings to be had? Gets you, it's like gets gets me so far every time. It does well. In fact, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times not telling them what I want to pay, just saying, Hey, is there any discounts or deals or incentives? I have talked about this before in the live show. Um, sometimes I'll say, Hey, do you have any first time customer, first time buyer customer programs? I, I it's first time buying from you. Do you have anything to entice me to be, to be a first time customer buyer? If I bought from them before I use that, I say, Hey, look, I've, I've purchased many things. Here's a reference of maybe one or two of them sometimes. And I would like to continue purchasing from you. Is there any incentives to retain customers or keep deals going? Um, you know what I mean? Uh, I never ask anybody anything I find insulting like, hey, what did you pay for that? Or how long you been trying to sell this? That one, I think, so you know, if you guys don't know, learn anything, I will tell you one thing today. There are retailers, there are stores that watch this live show. I know <laughs> there's lots of them. Because um, sometimes I say things and they'll text me like, hey, I like your channel, but Phil, come on, man. Did you have to tell people that? <laughs> so here's one for them because they, they very rarely do I ever help the, 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 the seller side as much as I did the buyer side. I can tell you right now, if you want to piss off 90% of the music stores you talk to, ask them how long something's been sitting in their store. Um, it is not because of what you think like, oh, it's because they hear it so much. It's just the drone of your day. Hey, how long have you had that Kiesel guitar? The, you know what it is? Most music stores are, are stores that live in a world of how... The reality is nothing is, is predictable. Some guitars move in five seconds. Some take you know five months. Um, 
And so you realize this stuff takes a while. So when people try to use that as a weapon, like, hey, man, you've had this guitar here for three months. You know, you want to make a deal. Um, you're think about what you're saying. You're trying to say, hey, man, you're in a weak position and, and I'm in a strong position and I'd like you to give me a deal. I find that uh, here's what I realize. The Here's what I do. So, you know, if I walk in a store, I walk in a store and I realize it's been sitting there for six months. I realize they're probably in a position to. Well, here's the deal. I bought I can tell you right now. I bought that uh, Tajima behind me, this green Tajima that probably looks black. I did a video with that. I bought that online. That guitar at the time was $500. Now, here's the deal. The guitar is $699 new. The, the retailer had it for $500 new because it had been sitting for a while. Obviously, I hadn't made a Tajima video. Now, they seem to have sold out because obviously, I made a Tajima video. And I'm not obvious like I did it, but I would say I made the brand more aware to, to more viewers. But what I was going to say was what they did was $500, which I knew was a deal. They were selling for $699. The, the, the retailer had it for five, but I looked at it and it obviously the guitar had been sitting in the store for about a year. And I knew that the seller, seller probably wanted to sell it. And he had a make an offer button. And so of course, normally you would just buy the guitar because it's $500 a good deal. But of course I didn't want to leave money on the table and I didn't want to insult them. So what I did is I emailed them and said, Hey, this is a beautiful guitar. I'd like to buy it. If you have any incentives to make me make the purchase today, I would love that. And they said, how about 450? And I bought it right on the spot. So Again, I find sometimes uh, killing somebody with kindness is a very effective tool. And here's the other thing too. This is why I'm saying about scorched earth. I do that because you know how many times I've, I've bought something from a store or a person and believe it or not, even people, even random people, as random as it is on, on Reverb, a random seller, a dude who's just selling something. And a year or two later, I bump into that guy to buy something again from him. It'd be, it's nice when I'm like, remember me? you know, Hey, you gave me a deal. Could you do another deal like that? It's not remember me. And he's like, Oh yeah, I remember you, Mr. How long have I had this? And what kind of deal can you make me guy? You know what I mean? It's nice that you can start with that kind of thing. So that's my suggestion to you, Alan is, uh, in big box stores. Here's what I can tell you about the big box stories. And I know this is going a little long on this tangent, but, uh, I find the opposite. It's not very personal with big box stores. Mostly it's employees and the employees don't give a crap. I'm sorry. It's just, how I feel about that stuff. Um, and uh, so I find that appealing to them in a, in a personable nature is not as important as just relating to the fact that you understand that they, they hear a lot of the same things every day. So I like to, I, I like to talk to the employees uh, at the big box stores like, Hey, I really like to buy this today. Is there any incentives? Are you going to put it on sale anytime soon? Again, ask just probing questions, really good probing questions. Uh, so um, that's what I find. But I, and, and so, you know, and on a display model, Instead of walking up and saying, hey, this thing has a chip in it. Can you give me a deal? Um, there, Think about this. And I'm just going to make fun of Guitar Center because, again, they could take it. They're a big store. They could take it. 70% of their guitars are chipped. <laughs> if they, They're going to be like, oh, yeah, they're all chipped. <laughs> so I kind of feel bad saying that out loud. But, you know, hey, we've been in all have been in a Guitar Center. It happens. Um, what I was going to say is, is that's uh, there's a different attitude. Like, hey, man, I really like this guitar. Do you have any you know, incentives or deals? Do you have any coupons? Is there anything online you know, that you can do? Just ask probing questions. Ask them how, ask them to help you buy this. And uh, I, I find sometimes they can do it. A lot of times, you know what I've had? I had this, uh, and this is the, the last, I'm going to say this. I had this happen once at a, at a guitar center. Since I said something about guitar center negative, I'll say something positive. I once walked into a guitar center and I wanted to buy an item. 
And uh, it was a Mesa Boogie. And the Mesa Boogie had a little bit of damage on it. And it was new. And it was a little, but I didn't mind because I was like, I'm going to scuff this. It was a base amp. I go, I'm going to scuff this base amp anyway as soon as I buy it. And I walked to the counter and I said, hey, I got a Mesa Boogie over there. I'd like to really buy it. Is there any incentives or anything, you know, any sales or anything? And he's like, no, Mesa Boogie's no discounts, man. He was like, you know, the, the Gestapo of, of sales. Uh, Mesa Boogie, no deals. No deals, Mesa Boogie. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I said, okay. And I said, well, so you know, I don't need... I don't need it just to be money off. I mean, if you have any incentives at all, I'll take it. And he goes, well, I could give you a hundred dollars in accessories. And I'm like, done. Absolutely done. Thank you. And then I got it and I picked out of some guitar cables and strings and all these accessories. In fact, actually to make that story even funnier, cause it's true. I only could find about 80 something dollars with accessories. He gave me a gift card for the difference. And then I had that a couple weeks later. So again, being open-minded, talking to people, treating them like human beings, you, you find, I find goes the best for me. You might find being a jerk does well for you. I have seen that being more effective than my way more than once, but I just feel in the long term that comes back to haunt you. So that let's go to another one. All right. How are we doing on time? Since, I'm, since I came late, the time's all messed up. Um, yeah. <laughs> Joey says no base amp for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Do, I'm looking for question marks. Oh, here's a weird question. Thomas says, did you ever try to invent something related to guitars. Uh, I don't know if specifically I try to, to invent anything. I can tell you, um, which it's tough. If you guys are familiar with the term an NDA, an NDA is a non-disclosure agreement. And uh, currently, like think of this, I currently I'm under like six or seven of them uh, at the time. So, you know, currently just right now, does they, they sometimes, you know, they elapse. Like I have one that's going to elapse in January at the NAM show. Once, uh, an announcement's made about some stuff, I can talk about it, but until then I'm, 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 I'm capped off. So that being said, I, I do, I have worked with companies and helped co-design products, um, many times and not since a YouTuber before being a YouTuber. In fact, that's kind of what uh, you know, think of this, what most of my stuff, if you notice, I was tinkering, I was always tinkering with stuff and I would go to companies. I did this way before I had the YouTube channel. I would just do something. And then I would contact a company and say, Hey, I did this thing to your product. And I think it's really cool. And we're like, yeah, that's a really cool idea. And, and then I would get compensated. And sometimes there's an NDA, which means you can't, they don't want you to disclose what it is that we did together. Um, so, uh, that being said, I'm trying to think of one, an instance where, um, uh, there is an NDA. Um, hmm. Um, and I can't really think of a product for instance, other than suggestions of products that got changed, but I don't know if I've ever outright in invented anything. I kind of, I kind of really good. I've really figured out over the years. I really have a good skill set with, if you have an idea, I have a great way of analyzing it and, and it's not even, again, it has nothing to do with videos or anything. Just if you show me something, and I think a lot of companies will tell you, a lot of companies that watch the channel I've worked with and will tell you the same thing. Uh, there's a product that's about, I'm about to uh, announce on the channel. And then once I announce that on the channel, it will be ex explained where somebody invented a product. And I said, that's great, but here's some some tweak ideas. And they took the tweak ideas and it worked out. And, um, you know, it's, it's going the way. Um, so... I, you know, it's a lot easier, I think. And it's so, you know, I feel like it's easier. That's why I like doing it the way. It's so much easier to look at an idea and go, hey, it's great, but it could be, you know, 10% better. 
So something like that. Other than, oh, and I should point out this too. Um, so I used to build bass guitars. Some of you guys know that. I started out building bass guitars. This is a very long story and I can't talk about it on this live show. It will take up the rest of the show. But I don't know if you guys know this. Before I opened a store, I used to build bass guitars. And I stopped building bass guitars because, um, think about this. This is the irony, the irony of my life. I started a music store because I wanted to uh, start a business interacting with the public and um, that's what the music store was about because the bass guitar business, when I was doing that, I was just doing it. I didn't talk to anybody. Uh, and uh, then what happened was the store took off. It did really well at first. And when it did at first, when it took off, it, it really took up all the time. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I backed off. So that being said, um, I, I do own trademark on that. I designed the Zula bass and uh, that base, uh, uh, that shape, it was my design. I still own it. I still own the trademarks on it. Um, and if anyone's going to ask me, like, if I were going to do it again, uh, no, <laughs> uh, that would be again in, in the realm of if somebody wanted to do a licensing deal where they made it, they did it. You know what I mean? I would do it again, but I, no, I wouldn't create all that from, uh, from scratch. And the reason is, is because of this reason. Um, I stopped doing that because it was too hard to do that in the store at the same time. And then I stopped doing the store, working at the store because it was too hard to do the store in YouTube all the time. And I, all those times I always repaired guitars. So, um, and that's ultimately the funniest part of the story is, um, and is that I would always just repair guitars, uh, and I would be just as happy. But what I found is there's, I don't know. Maybe I have the gift of gab. I don't know what it is. I can interact with people and it seems to always yield a bigger dividend than when I'm working. Maybe, maybe that's the point. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but great question. Thank you, Thomas. Okay. Any, hold on. There was some super chats. They like go away on this new screen. I'm going to grab, since that was a non-super chat, hold on guys. Let me load in on, on another screen. I can load in the super chats. That's why it's nice about them is I don't lose them. Um, and oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm missing a lot using the new screen. So let me. Okay. Hold on. What is the sixth? Yep. This is definitely. The, the old way, it sucks. I like displaying it, but the old way is definitely more efficient because it puts them all in order for me. Okay, so uh, Enrico has a question. It says, do you know the MT-15, which is, he's talking about the, the Tremonti PRS amp mods Doug Sewell did to make it 50 watt, 5 watts. More headwind would be cool uh, for lower tunings. Um, yeah, the answer would be yes. Definitely having more wattage would be better for lower tunings because Lower tunings have low frequencies and low frequencies definitely take more energy. And I'm sorry if I'm not using the right terminology um, to explain it, but that's the way I kind of visually see it in my head is it's energy. It takes physical energy, uh, wattage to move the speakers. So to me, yes, a 55 watt amp would handle and sound better at low frequencies than a 15 watt amp in most cases, I, you know, given being equal. So yes. Uh, and what he's talking about, so you guys know, is Doug Sewell, who's the designer of the MT-15. I went to his bench in his in his shop, and we talked about the MT-15. And I said, look, this amp uh, seems like it's bigger than it is. And he said, well, within a couple minutes, I can make it 55 watts. So, uh, so yeah. So that to answer your question, I think it would be an improvement to the amp for what you're doing, for low tunings. So, And I wouldn't be shocked if one day... If, 
PRS didn't come out with a version that's 50 watts or a hundred watt head. So, you know, and I don't know any insider information. I don't have any, please don't, you know, I'm not telling you guys anything I do. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but that's my thoughts. Neil Conway says, Phil, ha I have, oh, we already did that one. And we did that one. And we did that one. Uh, Tony Lewis said, hey, Phil, finally made it to a live show. Welcome, Tony. Okay, so, and Neil Conway's got another question. He says, I have a Gibson N20, N25. We talked about that. Any way to keep it from, oh, did you do that question twice? Oh, I think you did that question twice. Uh, wow. This is a tough one. I, I want to say Adida. I'm sorry if I'm jacking up your name. A-D-I-T-Y-A. -A. Remember I talked about hooked on phonics? Adita is how I would see that. Adita. I'm sorry. Adita. Whatever I'm saying, I hope, I hope I'm close. Uh, Joyo Bantamamp Zombie or Blackstar HT1? Blackstar HT1 by far. By far. I want to... As, uh, some people are probably going to disagree. That's good for them, and take their uh, take their their input just as well. But I'm going to tell you, if I was me, I'd pick the Black Star one watt in a second over that. Um, uh, Gabriel says, "How come you haven't done a video with Trogley Guitar Show? He would really be cool guest for the podcast." Um, I've talked to Trogley uh, uh, personally, you know, through Instagram and stuff. Really cool guy, and uh, we lightly talked about some collab videos. I can tell you right now, here's the thing about the whole guest. We talked earlier this year about guests on the live show. Here's the problem I have with this. Every time I bring a guest on the live show, the views cut in half, the streams cut in half. It literally like, I don't know what it is that I've created here, this QA thing. I thought it was, would be enhanced by bringing in more people to have QAs. What I found is it does the opposite. Um, and uh, I still do it in spite of that. So it's not always about the views. It's definitely not about that stuff. But, you know, when you're sitting here and you're doing something and I don't look at it as views so much as like it's important that I get more views on a live show than another one. It's just I look at it, views as votes. Just my personal opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's what I think. So when I see something not perform as well as something else, I took it as you guys didn't like it as well because you voted less, right? That being said, I take my community very seriously. So if a small group of you really like stuff, I do it anyways. So the live show is a perfect example of that. The live show is the weakest link in the view, right? I can do any kind of, think of this, I can do any video and it'll get more views than these live shows, but I want this weekly interaction with you guys. So I pick that over doing another uh, produced video. Um, but uh, that being said, so I don't know if uh, maybe Trogley on the live show might be a good idea. I don't know, but I definitely want to do a collab with him. Uh, he he mentioned it. I thought it would be a cool idea. Obviously, I like his channel. Uh, I, I got the impression he liked the channel as well here. We're all guitar guys and gals. So uh, it was really good. Uh, Mr. I'm going to say Mr. Mr. SR71 just did a super chat for no reason. I know I'm kind of plow plowing through the super chats, but because uh, I got to keep up, guys, and then I'll go to non-super chats in a second. 2550 Marshall says after a great successful wait after the great success of the Marshall Studio series this past year do you think Marshall will come out with a new st a studio model for Nam if so what might it be um I hope they do come out with a studio mo model for Nam and I would love to see the JBM series as that uh amplifier series um I, I think that would be a good move. I think it would be an effective move for them. I uh, I don't think they have to make it crazy. It doesn't have to be four channels. Just two channel JVM. Give me the, the you know the number one chosen like high gain channel or whatever, and then the clean channel. 
little reverb. I think that'd be great. Um, you know, there's some other amps they could do in the series as well. Like it'd be really cool to see like a slash amp or something like that in the series. Really cool. I'm really curious to see how well the studio series did. Um, I do my year gear and year, year and review on gear. And, uh, I'll be talking about this, about the Marshall studio series, my likes and dislikes of the series of amps. There's obviously it's almost 50, 50. There's everything I love about the amps. There's something I dislike about the amps, but overall I really like the amps. Um, but that being said, I hope they do more and I hope the JVM is one of them. That's something I would like to see myself. Uh, I don't know. And like I said, an artist one would be cool too. Like I said, like maybe a, 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 a slash. Um, Mr. Oh, minister. I'm going to say minister. Minister SR 71 says on my SG, the light, he says with lighting bar with lighting bar wrap tail lighting, lightning no it's lighting lighting bar wrap tail the string wraps out the back of the bridge stick out and pokes my hand huh okay so i think what you're saying is is i don't know man i'm so confused by that <laughs> and i don't want to kind of go in this half cocked and not know what i'm talking about with this because i can't read what i can't understand what you're getting at so the lighting bar wrap that's what i need to uh, sometimes when i'm doing this i know a lot of you are like frustrated because you're like hey this is what he means phil but remember i need to make sure that i'm okay i'm gonna try to search this please bear with me Ah, okay. The lighting bar wrap tail. I gotcha. I'm with you. And because I wanted to see it. So I'll share it with you guys. Screen share. So the people watching the podcast can be like, what? <laughs> it's a tremolo system. It, it, it looks like it's a Schaller tremolo bar wrap. Um, there, That's the one I found. There might be others. I didn't know it had a specific name. Like there's a Stets bar. And again, this is just what Google found. So it could be, could be totally wrong. Um, and again, I'm looking at stuff. You guys see what I'm looking at. This is when I Google it, this is what comes up. So um, I, I'm not familiar enough with this bridge. I mean, I've seen it, but I mean, I've never, so I don't know what particularly is poking you. And that's the tough part. So unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to have a great answer for you. So unfortunately, yeah, let's go back. Let's do that. And we're back. Uh, so to answer that question the best I can is the only thing I saw was maybe the saddles are poking you. I, I don't know. That's a tough one, buddy. Let me look into it. Maybe I can answer it next week. I'd rather give you the right answer than the fast answer. How about that? Um, Mojo just did a mojo like mojo he just did a super chat for no reason uh grumpy mike said just to spread a little cheer he did a super chat and on that note i know there's super chats pending but let me go and grab some non-super chats guys because i've been doing a lot of super chats in a row uh okay does everybody see me okay some of you guys um Here's a question. Again, I don't really read them. I just kind of glance. Uh, Ivan says, would you rather build a up a Squire Bullet or buy a Made in Mexico Strat? 
Uh, love the show and first time catching it live. I would rather buy a Squire. Uh, sorry, I would rather buy a Mexican Strat by far. Um, when I make videos, this is the the thing. And again, I don't know how to, I don't know how to unconfuse people or whatever. It seems to be happening sometimes. Sometimes I make videos and people are like, Phil, why would you do that? And I'm like, because I did it for the video for somebody else. I mean, obviously I didn't do that for myself. I make content for people um, to inform them and or, or show them something or help them. Um, so that being said, uh, like if I take a Squire bullet and I mod it up in a video, I'm, I, I did, I do that because, you know, sometimes you learn a, a, a lesson and here's something that I I've learned over my life. You know, if you have $500 and you tell me I have $500, I want to buy a nice guitar. And I say, great, buy yourself a, may say a Mexican Strat or a used American Strat or find a good deal or get a guitar. Here's the guitar. But let's be honest. Some people have never have $500 at one time. Now I understand some people go save it, but that's not always an option for everybody either. Some people have poor saving habits. That happens. Let's acknowledge it. There's nothing wrong with that. They all have bad habits, right? Some of us have poor saving habits. Some of us have uh, other things that money can get allocated to. So it's hard to rationale saving up $500 when you're like, Hey, I got a, I got a, you know, the girlfriend or the wife or the husband or the, you know, the boyfriend are all asking for, you know, help pay for this or that, or tires happen. You know, I once, this is a true story. Uh, I once, uh, my friend, I bought a guitar from him and I owed him money and I kept trying to pay him and he wouldn't take the money. And he kept telling me, cause if you pay me the money, I don't know. I don't have a guitar I want right now. And if you pay me the money, something's going to happen. My refrigerator is going to break. My roof's going to leak. And I'm going to have to spend the money on that. And I'm going to be thinking, why did I sell the guitar to fix this stupid stuff? And I understood what he meant by that. So what I'm beginning at, uh, Ivan is sometimes you have enough money to buy a Squire bullet and then you have enough money to buy a new bridge for 50 bucks and some pickups. And then when you're done, you've put three, $400 in this guitar that you paid you know, 150 bucks for, and now you have $500 and somebody say, well, you, for $500, you could have bought a nice guitar, but I couldn't have bought it accumulatively. Now there's payment plans and all that stuff. I'm not here to argue every argument of an argument, but I'm just saying that's what happens. And I, I know guitar players. If there's one thing I, I, I do repair. So I understand repair. I, I build guitars. I understand guitars. I, I now have done YouTube content. I understand how YouTube content works, but I want to convey, if there's one thing I would never tell anybody, I know anything uh, more than anyone else. But I will tell you one thing that I definitely feel cemented in is I totally understand guitar players. I sat there every day for 12 years and I sold millions of dollars worth of guitars to guitar players. That's what happens when you own a store that just sells guitars and sells a lot of them. You just sit there and do that all day. I, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you, I understand the psyche of a guitar player. <laughs> right professionals and uh, you know guys who make 80 grand a year or guys who make 800 grand a year and started playing guitar three weeks ago kids who are 12 and 15 years old who start playing guitar i mean i've you know i've sold enough guitars and i've i've helped enough people start a journey of lessons in guitars to where you start understanding the different mentality so when i make videos i'm just trying to apply a, a thought to that mentality and not say whether or not that mentality is right or wrong. So to answer your question, that's a long way to say, I personally would buy a Mexican Strat. However, if you have a Squire Strat and, 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 and you ask me, Hey, should I fix up my Squire or buy a Mexican Strat? I would buy a Mexican Strat, but I don't always make videos for what I would do. Sometimes I make videos for the, for you who are in a situation of, I have a Squire Strat. I'll never have $400 to upgrade to a Mexican Strat, but I have 50 bucks. What can I do to fix it? And here's my suggestion for that. And I hope it's helpful to some people. What I noticed though, over time is some people uh, get like, why would you do that? And I'm like, 
well, because somebody out there found use in it. And obviously they did because look how the, well the video performed, not only in the comments, but the views. And, and it, so obviously it, it, it resonated with people. It's just an interesting way to look at that. I hope. Today's a weird vibe live show. I feel like we're I feel like more of a Dr. Phil kind of vibe show. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, just says buy a made Mexico fender. The difference is definitely noticeable. I will tell you this. I, I've said this a thousand times. It's a question. Let me tell you what I get hit with when I'm in public. I'll be sitting at a, at, at a, at a place. It doesn't matter. And somebody will come up to me that recognizes me from the channel and say, Hey, it's Phil McKnight or whatever. Know your gear guy. They say stuff. And then they say, Hey, if you could only have one guitar, <laughs> right. And I always tell people the same thing. I'll always say forever. I, I, I love all my guitars. If you told me today, I could, I could only have one. Um, I would pick my strat just cause I feel like it's pretty versatile, uh, humbucker, humbucker, a humbucker, single, single. And if you told me uh, if I lost everything tomorrow and I, I, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have the, the means or the ability to buy an, a really high end guitar anymore or have these high end guitars, I would buy a Mexican strat and I'd be happy with it. I'm not telling everybody they should buy a Mexican strat. If you like metal and other stuff, that's not the right guitar for you. For me, I could totally live the rest of my life with a Mexican strat and be totally fine. I've never played a Mexican strat. Uh, well, I mean a good one and went, man, my life is horrible. If I could just get a better guitar, I'd be happy. I've never felt that way. I just, you know, I like having nice guitars over time and you've been collecting them for a long time. So there you go. On that note, let's hit another super chat. This is sexy calzone says, Hey Phil, where do you weigh in on fret sizes? Okay. So, uh, fret sizes, I, it depends on the fret board. Isn't that funny? It's uh, so, so the flatter the fretboard, the less dramatic I need the fret. So on a strat, I really like a nine and a half inch radius fretboard. I really like medium jumbos to jumbos. They feel great to me. When a guitar is like 16 inch radius and it's super flat, I don't like the whole jumbo thing. It gets a little weird. Um, but you know, I have guitars with them, but it's not my preference. I think deep down, uh, I can tell you when I order guitars, you know, when I have a guitar built because I've had a few built, Oh, excuse me. I, I continually go with uh, medium fret sizes, right? So um, medium jumbos and, and medium fret sizes is where I like. So that's where I like. What I don't really dig is vintage fret wire. I just don't do it. I, I don't know why. It, it, you know what? It, it, to me, every time when a guitar has them, uh, and I have a few guitars with them. So obviously, you know, my famous uh, Panthera has them. And, uh, you know, if the guitar is built well and it's right, I dig it, but it's not my preference. I wouldn't pick that. So that's where I am. I like it in the mid medium middle. And I, then after that, I would do jumbo and small and vintage is less. Saxy Calzonos, I had a follow-up question. It says, hi again, Phil. Uh, I did a warm off strap build with a Wilkinson trim and even removing springs is still, it's stiff and requires a lot of force. Any advice? Yeah, that happens sometimes with the bridges. And it could be the construction. It's just the way the guitar lines up stuff. But something you can do too is change out the springs. Believe it or not, the springs sometimes have, it's funny because it should be so simple, right? It's equalized tension. In other words, if the bridge is sitting here in a, a place and let's say you have your strings tuned up to standard, 10 gauge strings tuned up standard, and you think you put three springs, you think every guitar, every, every guitar should have the same feel, right? But believe it or not, I'll put a link. I think it's FU Tone. You can buy a different kinds of springs and you'll be surprised how different a spring makes a difference. 
it's it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, not the number of them that helps too. So two. So in other words, you could put two really strong springs, and it'll give you a different vibe than three medium tension string uh, springs. So, and it's not an expensive thing to experiment with. So uh, I've I've had this experience myself where I'm like, why does this bridge feel weird? And changing out springs sometimes is a really easy and fast way to experiment with the sounds. Um, Dan Brown says, I have a head rush pedal and a 412 cab. Can I use any power amp to run this live? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like any kind of, uh, power amp, yeah. Clean power amp. Like, yeah. Could you use a crown PA system? Yeah. Uh, it, of course. Yeah. R there's the, the power amps. In fact, the cleaner the power amp, the less it will color the sound. And, and of course these modeling processors really like, uh, to have a nice reference, clean sound of power because they're going to create all the sounds they don't need. Uh, the, the amplifier to create a lot of the tone uh, or any other coloring of the tone. So there's 750 of us and it kind of feels like it. Cause I feel like this is scrolling a little, <laughs> it's just been a lot of comments. Okay. So, um, okay. And by the way, the, the, all the super chats and stuff, they're just pinned. Like I said, I get to those. I just want to give everybody, you know, a chance to, to find a cool subject to talk about or a cool question. Um, and again, if you have a question, put question mark first, please. Um, all right, hold on a second. Uh, you know what? Let me go. You know what? For the, it's weird when I'm looking at. I'm sorry to talk about the, the inner talk of this, but it's weird when I'm looking at these two screens. The screen that lets me highlight the questions really does not seem to show me everything. It's really strange. Um. Okay. I know it's quiet, but I got to hold on. <laughs> I'm actually just scanning right now. Yep. I, I got to use the old screen. It's just so much easier. So. Okay, so on this one's from Kent. Kent says, Tajima TW61, I kind of want it, but I am in love with the, with the whole guitar, or am I in love with the varitone, varitone in P90s uh, plus the neck? And can I get the same thing with a Fender CP JM SPL? Uh, so the answer to your question is, um, well, you know, in this channel, our policy is if you ask us if you get a, you should get a guitar, the answer is yes. Um, I'm really impressed with the Tajima stuff, and I'm a Fender guy, so it's tough, man. I'll tell you this: the Tajima, it's a great guitar. I think you'll get better dollar for new dollar for value uh, from the Tajima right now than you will from a Fender because they have to work a little harder to impress you and and get the market sale. Used wise, you're going to get more resale value out of the Fender. Therefore, in a used market, you'll get a better deal on the Tajima than the Fender. That being said, it, it, you have to decide if, you know, it's, if you want the Tajima, you should get it. But I mean, if it's the Fender is the better logical pur purchase, but not everything should be based on just logic. So just give you the two insights as a, as a, a purchaser of both. I have both the Tajima and a Fender in my collection. I really enjoy my Tajima. It's really cool. It's different. It's fun. It's unique, but let's be honest in, you know, 20 years, I, I'm, I'm going to always have Fenders. I mean, I'm, I've been in, indoctrinated in the fender world forever i mean i've been using fender so uh, fender is never a bad 
<laughs> bad investment for your money. So, but, uh, you know, you have to decide that for yourself, but those are just my insights if it helps. Um, let's see. We have Skarma Guitar says, no reason, just because. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Skarma Guitar. Tony Goyburn says, Phil, what did I, what I did notice on the, Run of Black Friday. Oh, he's talking about Black Friday. Cool. Thank you, Tony. Uh, so Tony said, on, what he noticed on the Black Friday thing is on Instagram feed, Walmart Online was selling Fender and Martin guitars. Look to be about 15% discount from GC. Your thoughts? You know, it's funny. I didn't get that in my feed, but I do get in my feed from time to time. Walmart selling like everything. PRSs, Mesa boogies. Weird. And uh, you know, they're just drop shipping them. Uh, uh, Walmart's trying to get into the, you know, the uh amazon game where they don't obviously amazon you know you can buy stuff on amazon they ship it to you but sometimes amazon doesn't even have any involvement in it they're just the marketing of it so i think with the walmart thing that's what that was was they were giving you a discount because uh they're they're doing that and i think it comes down to um uh i i saw this I, i've seen this before so you know there's people that will go on ebay and they'll put an item on ebay let's say for fifty dollars and you buy it off them off eBay. And then what they do is they turn around because they know it's on Amazon for 30 bucks. They buy it on, on Amazon and as a gift and send it to you. And then you get it and you get this Amazon invoice and you're like, wait a minute, what? I bought it off a guy off eBay and he just, so the Walmart thing I think is the same deal. Like, hey, we'll give you 15, 15% off because I think they're going to buy it cheaper because uh, they get a deal and then they send it to you. It's different. Yeah, so, but I've seen it. Fender, Martin. I don't know if I saw Gibson, but I thought I saw not Mesa Boogie, but I think I saw PRS as well, like SEs and stuff, but different. Yeah, I don't know what I think of that stuff. It's definitely, it's getting weird. It's so weird. I feel like everybody's selling everything and it's just the randomness of it out there. Chicken guitars, not like chicken like your chicken, but chick like she's a chick and guitars, but it's in guitars. Cool channel, check out our channel. Um, she's got a great singing voice. Um, and so definitely check it out. Uh, here she says the, the psychology of the guitar consumer is what keeps this community alive. You're awesome. Dr. Phil, the psychology of the guitar consumer is definitely, uh, yes. What keeps <laughs> very insightful because really what you're getting at, which is what we all know is let's be honest. You know, I read on once that Twitter said, uh, that, uh, 20% of the people make 80% of the comments on Twitter. Well, 20% of the guitar players buy 80% of the gear. That is for sure. <laughs> That's why I love it when somebody says, why do you have 10 guitars? And I go, well, if you ask that, then obviously I could explain it to you. But what's great is we're probably not thinking the same way, which is fine, right? Here's what I will tell you. Here's since we're talking about psychology. This is for chicken guitars. This is something that I've learned and I think it's funny. Every guitar player who has 50 guitars, I'm just making up a number. It could be 10 or whatever. Let's just, I don't want, I want to be obnoxious. So 50, 50 guitars will tell you secretly, I wish I could just have one and just go to one. That's what they secretly tell you. Every guitar player has one guitar goes, man, I'd love to have 50 guitars. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right now, you guys know it's true. Right now, there are guitar guys out there and gals, because chicken guitar, uh, that are like, they have 10 guitars, 15 guitars, and like, man, I would love it if I could get my collection down to two or one. And they're thinking, Phil's right. And there's a couple dudes out there and gals that are like, I have one. And I'm like, man, I wish I could get just two more that I love. It's funny. It's a funny thing. It's a, it's a, it's it's great. What's what's awesome is we all love music, and that's why we're all here. You you don't need a guitar if you don't love music. Guitars to make music. It's an into the means so ends to a means see true look at all the true comments 
Ah, lies. Scarlet Guitar says lies, Phil. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. You can be in denial. You, <laughs> you, a lot of this stuff, it's <laughs> a lot of stuff is, it's admitting is the first step. <laughs> uh, see, Ed Axman says, how many need just one more? <laughs> the, uh, you know what I do now when somebody goes, how many guitars do you need? I go, I don't know how many you have. And they go seven. I go eight. <laughs> I just did it to, uh, to Brian Stewart. <laughs> He said, he said, I, I, he goes, I got like four guitars now. And I go, you need five. <laughs> I just say that that's my new thing now. I don't, I just say what I always ask everybody, what, how many guitars I have. And I always just tell them that you, whatever that is, I say, go, hey, you, how many you got? Seven. You need eight. <laughs> What's funny is more times than that, they go, why, why eight? And I'm like, I don't know. See, I'm making myself laugh. I do it for myself. It's probably not funny to anybody. Man, we'll, we'll chalk that up to what my cat, my kids call dad humor. I'm the only one laughing in the room, but that's okay. Um, okay, so let's do a non-super chat question. How are we doing time? We got a few more minutes. We're doing good. And I got some super chats to finish up too. Um, the, the, uh, Dale says, I need more room to put more guitars. You know, so you know, that was a conversation literally had today with me and my wife. My only issue, she, her only issue with guitars is how much room it takes. It takes up a lot of room. She's like, I, I wish, she, you know, she doesn't have a problem with how many guitars uh, I have. It's just the room, it takes up room. They're they're bulky. Sometimes I wish I collected Hot Wheel cars, <laughs> right? Little Hot Wheels. Man, you could have thousands of them and it wouldn't take up no room. It's great. Um, that's the tough part. It's hard to collect something that's large. It's not even like the expense. The expense is, a, is an obstacle, of course. But like, think about this. Sometimes I go, man, it'd be cool just to collect $100 guitars. But then I go, where would I put all those guitars? It's just be crazy. So yeah. So yeah, you physically, it takes up room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Jacob says you have an addiction. And the only cure is more gear. Yeah. Well, that will fall that one into gear math. We'll, we'll say that. Okay. So that being said, hold on. I want to do a couple more of the super chats. Come over this side real quick. And we have Mojo says, Hey, Philip, what's the best transparent budget amp attenuator load box? I've tried your trick with the volume pedal and the effects loop. The result was not great. Yeah. Cause again, the, the idea of the trick uh, in your effects loop, it depends on the amp. We talked about that last week, not you specifically, but we were talking about that when somebody was suggesting doing that trick to a PB amp. Uh, I did that video. Cause again, it's just a, Hey, here's an idea. You probably have a volume or an EQ pedal laying around. Try this in your effects loop. Um, yeah. So, you know, my Archon is a, it does not like putting anything in the effects loop and, in, and using that as an attenuator. That's my little sound effect. You like that? Um, so it, 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 an EQ pedal for some reason in the Archon just makes it just poop out. It's just not, it's not good. So yeah, you have to try it. So sometimes, uh, attenuator loader boxes. I, I it's, seriously, I'm not making this up. I just had this conversation with Lawrence Petros, uh, today. I was telling him, everybody tells me they got to get the ox. You got to get all these reactive load boxes. And here's what I've learned for me. I, I, I have the rock crusher. I really like it, but you know what I mean? You, I'm buying, I buying the Dr. Z one and I stick it cause I like it. I can just mount it inside my amp. Um, that being said, here's what I'm going to tell you about load boxes that I've learned experimenting and trying so many of them from the Bujera ones. I mean, I've, I feel like I've had them all at this point, at this point somewhere. And here, 
what I really learned is I don't care how good they make them. I don't care how expensive they are. I don't care how amazing they are besides the whole, you know, obviously the, the better quality ones are better for They're definitely the high water jams is very important, but for the average person in a, in their bedroom or at home, uh, use using an attenuator. What I will tell you is I've learned that all of them, no matter what, they only work for sound good for a couple clicks. Okay. So in other words, if they have eight clicks, trust me, you're going to get two or three. And then after that, it's just two. It's not right. So that being said, with an amp and a load box, um, you're gonna have to try a few. I like I like the Doctor Z one. I use that one, um, but um, you know, it's up to you if you want to buy the expensive ones. It's not. I'm not saying they're not worth it. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying for me, I I have the Rock Crusher. I really like it. It's probably one of the best ones I like, and um, and and I got it for like three hundred dollars used or something like that. But I really like these uh, the, the cheaper ones that I can get for 150 bucks. Cause I can use them on more amps. You know what I mean? Use put them with amps when I'm taking them and they're small and they're convenient. So something like that, try something like that. So, uh, from a reputable brand though, don't, 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 don't try one. Just cause I said, try the cheap ones. Don't go to Amazon and try some weird brand. Cause I don't want to be on the hook for that one. Some of that stuff looks a little sketch. Uh, HK says, thanks for the advice you gave last week. It worked out great. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you HK for letting us know. That was great. Um, real quick. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, so I just want to follow up because you guys are going to like, well, what was the advice? <laughs> so that's what's great about this screen over here on my left is I keep all the super chats in a system and I can keep it. So HK last week asked us, hey, Phil, I got an Epiphone 60s tribute, Les Paul. Uh, the neck doesn't settle after the truss rod adjustment. Um, I get a, a, gra a gradual buzz, a fret buzz on the top E and the low B frets. Is the neck bendy or is the bridge roller saddle at fault? Um, so that was the question. And so I, I gave him the advice and it worked out. It's good to know. And, and I would tell you the advice, but hey, man, I'm in the business to click. So you're going to have to click the link that I'm going to put in the index to watch the answer on last week's show. <laughs> and uh, I got about 100 unsubs for that. So. Also, I'm on a time restraint. I got to get through these other questions. I'm sorry, guys. Kent says, thanks for answering my question. Oh, no. Another one. Uh, the Tejima TW61 versus Fender CP. I'm a Fender fan, too. Yeah, you know what's funny, man? It's tough. It's tough. I really, like I said, I, I, I tell people, if you're not a Fender fan, that's what I was going to say. If you're not a fan of Fender, if you're not big into a brand and a company makes an off, it uh, makes a, a great product that's less expensive and go for it. But uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I think deep down, you know, sometimes I, I tell myself I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. But deep down, I know what I like. So, uh, John Gonzalez says every, every time I shred, every, every time I shred my fingerboard catches on fire. I know what you're going with this. Any tips? <laughs> I have a closet full of burnt guitars. That's awesome. Every time I shred, my fretboard catches on fire. Well, I'm going to answer your question, John, whether you like it or not. Your problem is friction, my friend, and you need to reduce friction. <laughs> so you need some fast finger uh, lubricant uh, <laughs> on your strings or you need to go to a uh, polymer non -fi a fire retardant polymer, maybe like rich light <laughs> on your fretboard. I'm just telling you, either lubrication or something that doesn't that transfers the heat better is my suggestion for you. See, I up your sarcasm with my own sarcasm, and neither one of us were funny, <laughs> but we gave it a good try. 
Thank you for trying with me. Steve Long said, just because I bought a bigger house so I could get more guitars. Steve, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doing that, man. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I'm glad you did. Uh Cause it makes me see when you see one person, when you see one gear person do something crazy and it's like, it's like, Oh, I'm not as that crazy. So I'm doing okay. And so say if I buy a bigger house to put my gear in, I know that's, that's it for me. I think there's, that's the slide. That's like the, that's the drunken weekend bender where you're like, okay, we end up in Mexico in the next step of this. Right. That's, that's, that's the, what it is for me. If I, if I do something like that, I know there's no recovering for me. It's going to get worse and worse. Jimmy McKee, McKee, Jimmy McKee says, Hey Phil, I have a Wolfgang guitar and I broke off the Pearl tuning button. Oh, what is a replacement? Uh, I reached out to EVH and they just gave me websites. Um, it's funny. I have a Wolfgang guitar. It's right here. And it has pearl buttons as well. Um, so I'm assuming, because you're saying Wolfgang guitar, you didn't say which Wolfgang, but pearl buttons, I thought, I could be wrong. I don't remember the, does unless it's American ones, do the American EVH ones come with pearl buttons? So I have a, the, my PV right there, or my PV, my Wolfgang is a PV. So the pearl buttons are Schaller. Um, so the, the question is, is, so they're probably giving you websites like Stu Mac and All Parts. I mean, I don't know what information I could give you different than that. Uh, you just figure out what tuning key, because that's really what you need to know is you need what tuning key it is and then get the pearl button. Um, and if you want my suggestion, I'd get a whole set because you probably won't match them up right unless the guitar is pretty new. Um, and it, they just gave you a website. So I'd be doing the same thing, which sucks. But hmm. I mean, there's I mean, every website I know that is parts like all parts and, and Stu Mac and stuff. They all have those pearl button ins. So. I mean, I hate to give you the same answer they gave you. I mean, other than you said it broke off. I mean, you could glue it back together. It's true. So, I mean, and here's why. So, you know, and and I know what you're picturing in your head. And just since this is kind of be the last comment I want to leave on this note, I'm not saying glue the, the, the pearl plastic back together. You glue it. And then what you do is you take a light sand and you lightly sand the, the, where the crack is, and then you polish it and it'll be like, it was never broken. So, Use like 20x super glue. It's just a thicker super glue and it'll, it'll, it'll be there forever. So just a thought. You can always fix stuff. That's always an option. Chicken Guitars just did a super chat for no reason. I appreciate that. And on that note, I'm going to let you guys go. But before I go, I want to have one more last question. And Ed Axman, I'm going to, this isn't the question. Ed Axman says, sell your wife and get more gear. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. I'm not agreeing with you. I'm just saying, yes, I'm acknowledging the idea. I'm just rolling in my head thinking that's not a good idea. <laughs> See, um, you, know, you know why I'm laughing? I'm laughing because I'm like, well, who are you going to tell your stories at Applebee's with? If some of you guys are going to get that joke. Yeah. You always want to go on Friday and tell your stories to somebody at Applebee's. Can't tell them your guitars. Who wants to sit in a booth at Applebee's telling their guitar stories? So, uh, oh my God, <laughs> six in line just did a bad joke. I don't know if I want to end on a bad joke. It says, what do you call a guy with no knees? Tony, get it like Tony. I don't know. That's, that's horrible. We're not going that way with this channel. There's, there's no way. Uh, okay. So on that note, we're going to end on a gear question. Uh, and, 
this is a good one. It says, uh, Lee Foster says, Hey, Phil, should I buy a glary base with a Fender SW15? Also, I need help making amp sound. Also, I need help making the amp good. So the question is, should you buy a base? Yeah, of course you should buy a base. I mean, we already told you the answer is always yes, buy. Should you buy a, a Glary instrument? Well, you know what's funny is I've now put my hands around three Glary guitars and I'm very impressed with them overall. I know it's funny. It's just weird. So, so you know, the video I did, which is, you know, did really well on views. We talked about this. You know, I just want you guys to realize that the Glary stuff is really inexpensive and it's by no means great. I would never use words like amazing or great or fantastic. Um, what I will use is, man, hard to beat for that price because it's it's usable gear. I mean, you can do it. So you guys know, and this is probably a good time to announce this, but it just sucks because it's going to be a, a couple weeks. Um, the Glary instruments, what we ended up doing was so many of you guys commented about making a sharp in my axe of that Glary guitar, but I already had committed to saying, hey, I'm going to send this Glary guitar and acoustic to Andrew, the teacher. So what I ended up doing was a great compromise. I sent him an ex I sent I, I bought and ordered him. I sent him a blue one, just like the one I did in the video. So it's the exact same one and another Glary guitar. So he should have them by now. I sent them out. I don't know, right after the video came out. Um, and um, I have that Glary guitar here and it is getting a sharpening of an insane. Just trust me. This is going to be the most different sharpen max video ever. And, uh, and it's a, uh, it's to answer a question. So I got so many weird questions on that video, but there's a question I got and I just wanted to answer it. And that's, so I'm just telling you guys, I'm excited about that video. That's probably the most exciting sharp max. Although I should say I did the more sharp max with Marty Schwartz today. Should, uh, should have led with that today. By the way, if, if you watch this week, I did a sharp max where I modeled a guitar today on Marty's channel. I'll put the link down below. He reacted to it. He did a video uh, reacting to what he thought of the guitar and uh man he made it sound so good and uh and he did a great job so check out that video i'll put a link to that definitely check out his channel as well um so uh and on that way <laughs> okay so uh on that note do we have huh i'm just looking at questions just seeing if there's anything last before we go but uh James Biles says PRS makes an underrated bass. I, you know, yeah, they make, I mean, PRS makes good stuff. I mean, you know, that's, uh, it's just reality. They make their SE stuff is really good. Their SE basses are really good. Um, that being said, I mean, I don't play one and I wouldn't, I, it's not, not a bass I'm interested in, but I, I like them. I like the quality of them. So yeah, it's a very great bass. And definitely when you say underrated, I could see that because a lot of people don't even look at their bases, uh, which is why I think they make less and less of them now than they did before. Cause again, it's just not a market they were able to tap into heavy, but not because of the lack of quality, which I think is your point. Uh, and then I'm going to end on this one. Cause it's an easy question. It's the easiest one ever. says, is that Kiesel behind you? Pearl blue. And the answer is yes, it is pearl. You know what? I don't know. That's the, I got to look. Yes, it is curl. It's pearl blue. Yes, it is pearl blue. It is a great color. I love it. So uh, that was an easy question. I wanted to eat a answer on that, uh, answer that one because it was easy. On that note, it's time to start our weekends. And um, 
Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. Today was one of the highest ones. Uh, we have almost 800 people or 800 people today. So it's a little higher than normal, which is uh, good. And uh, thank you guys so much. I'm excited to tell you that again, like you guys have been seeing the videos the last couple of days, uh, more videos. Tomorrow's a video uh, is going to be very it's very cool. It's a tech tip video that'll help you guys with some stuff, I hope. And you're going to notice like uh, for the next couple of Saturdays, more tech tip videos, just like this week, more Sharp Max videos, uh, a lot of other videos. I talked to you guys. I told you guys that uh, the month of December, the ad rates go up a little bit. So you get more per, you know, per view than you normally get. So I use this time to put out a lot of content that I think would normally not perform as well, but would, uh, you know, it's just, hey, if I can put this stuff out now, uh, even though it doesn't perform as well, uh, as a video, it uh, it does well for me, and that's nice, and it's a win-win, I think, that way. The, that way you get some of the videos that you guys have been wanting, but necessarily I don't have to look at the fact that I could put more energy in a video that gets more a broader view spectrum. Um, but on that note, I appreciate everything you guys do for me, and uh, that's a good time to segue into the last thing we always talk about, which is the patrons that support the show, and I want to say thank you to them. And, and believe it or not, I don't have my list. So today I'm just going to say thank you to all the patrons. Uh, and cause we usually don't do that. And because like I said, they literally make this show happen every week. And I want to show, I mean, all the videos, thank them so much. Uh, the tech tip yesterday, tomorrow is sponsored by them. All the tech tips are always sponsored by the patrons, uh, because that way I don't have to worry about pushing a product. When I do a tech tip video, no tech tip video ever has a sponsor of any product. When I mean sponsors, literally no no company sending me a product. Uh, it's just to, uh, that's what the way I did it. If I'm going to show you how to fix something, I want the video to be literally about fixing it and not about any company's involvement. So it's nice to have patrons for stuff like that. I don't have to, uh, you don't have to worry about that. Literally the video's intent is to show you how to fix something, not to promote a product over anything. So there you go. I always uh, think that's cool. Thank you guys uh, for making that available and making that making that possible for me. On that note, again, it's time to go. So I will talk to you guys next week. And until next week, know your gear.